Amen. So when Pastor Yeomans went out of town, he asked Pastor Stone to preach one service and me to preach uh, the second service. Same topic, same passage of Scripture. And I told the first service afterwards that uh, it's funny how two guys can look at the same passage of Scripture and have totally different messages, right? And I said, you know, one message today would be very biblical, very practical, very helpful, and you heard Pastor Stone preach. So they understood the difference there. And uh, so I, I, we do razz each other a little bit. We had a good time uh, razzing each other this morning a little bit in the morning service. But I'm glad to give you a message from God's Word from Ephesians chapter 4. So Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to continue our series on closing the distance, talking about the church and bringing the church back together, the gathering again of the church. And we've got to do it slowly and carefully, but we're excited about gathering and why we believe it's biblical and important to gather as a membership of the church and to be together, all right? So we're going to talk about this topic today, uh, the accountability factor. The accountability factor. One of the factors of the church is accountability. Every Thursday at 10 a.m., I have an alarm set on my phone, my calendar. So every, 10, every Thursday at 10, my calendar goes off to remind me to do something. I have no other count. How many need to set alarms for yourself to remind you to do things? You like that? You need to set alarms for you? You understand what I'm saying? And so I have a 10 o'clock alarm on Thursday. It's the only one I have set that goes off every week. And it reminds me to call a man that I have never met face-to-face. There's a, a, a young man in Ontario that I've never met face-to-face that I talk to uh, every Thursday. Sometime during the day, we connect and we talk for sometimes between 10 to uh, 30 minutes on the phone. Um, he's simply a friend of a friend. I've never met him face-to-face. Uh, he's a fair bit younger than me. He's a young uh, family man. He has a couple kids. Uh, he has a, 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 he's a businessman. But every Thursday, I connect with him. And here's the reason. About a year ago, he enrolled himself into an addictions program, a Bible-based addictions program. And so he's gone through this process of overcoming addictions in his life. And one of the final steps in his process was to build an accountability network. And so uh, this friend of mine that I know is related to him. And he said, hey, I got, the, I got this brother-in-law of mine that needs help. Would you be willing to call him once a week? I said, I'd, be love, I'd love to do that. So I started about two or three months ago calling him every Thursday, just talking. He gave me a list of questions to ask him. So the first time I talked to him, he said, when you call me, here's five questions I want you to ask me. One of them is, have you lied at all this week? Because he needs to be, a, because in the addictions that he had, he uh, was struggling with lying to his wife and lying to other, everybody else to cover it up. And so he has to answer me every week, did you lie about this? Uh, have, how's your commitment to change been this week? You know, of your commitment, are you fulfilling those? So there's five questions I ask him every week to keep him accountable uh, and to help him. In fact, he told me just recently, he said uh, one time during the week he faced a temptation and he thought in his mind, if I give in to this temptation, I'll have to tell Mike on Thursday, which is crazy. I never met the guy, but that little bit of accountability popped into his mind and it helped him to overcome that temptation. And he said to me on a regular basis, almost every week he tells me how thrilling it is to finally have victory. I mean, he struggled with something for years, it almost cost him his marriage. It almost cost him a lot of things. And, and now for the last almost 12 months now, he's had victory. And he's so excited about that victory. That he says, it feels so good to, to have those things. I know I'm not done fighting the battles, but I feel like I have victory. And he understands the accountability factor. 
It helps us to stay on track. Weight Watchers is a popular uh, organization, and they understand the importance of meeting every week for a weigh-in and checking in on it and having a coach. You know why? It's about accountability. Every week, you're going to get on the scale. And so as you put that ice cream cone in your mouth, which I did last night, only because I'm not going to Weight Watchers. There's no accountability there. Um, and uh, they understand that that accountability helps you to stay on track. Gyms and fitness people uh, all across the world understand the importance of a personal trainer or a workout buddy. I think uh, Joshua's going to school for that, for a personal trainer, and he, they understand the importance of having somebody to keep you accountable, even a workout buddy, someone that says, hey, I'm going to meet you uh, every day at a certain time. To be honest with you, the most faithful I've ever been in going to the gym was years ago when Pastor Stone and I would meet at the gym at like 7 or 7.30 in the morning. And sometimes when I didn't want to get up and go, I would think, if he's there and I'm not there, I have to hear it the rest of the day. I don't want to hear that from Pastor Stone the rest of the day or the rest of my life. <laughs> and so just to keep him from saying anything, I would get up. Accountability is a factor in helping us stay faithful to whatever is important to us. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ left this earth. And he left behind some followers. And he said to them, I want you to be faithful, and I want you to take my message and proclaim it across the rest of the world. Be witnesses unto me in Judea and Jerusalem, all around the world. Take my message. And he also left behind an accountability factor. That's the local church. And so we have all kinds of good reasons to meet as a church, but certainly one reason to meet as a church is that Christ formed the church to help you and help me be accountable to each other. Because I, I, I think I understand this. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you want to be faithful to Jesus Christ, right? If you truly have said, you know, I've given my sin to God and God's given me salvation and I have a home in heaven, I have a relationship that I can't even explain, I have this hope that keeps me going, I want to be faithful to him. That's my attitude. At least the attitude of every believer. So we have this attitude. But also, if you're honest with yourself, inside of you is an old nature that wants to slip away and do your own thing. And so all of us have this, the Bible talks about over and over again, this battle inside about the new nature trying to be obedient to God and the old nature doing what you want to do. And you have a tendency to slip away. In fact, the, the, uh, the hymn writer said it this way, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And so if you're honest with yourself as a believer, you have a desire to please God, and you also have an old nature that is easily swayed to slip aside. And because of that, Jesus Christ left behind a local church to help you stay on track. Now, I want you to think about this statement. The goal of the church, the goal is not just to be faithful to church. The goal is to be faithful to Christ. It's a big difference. If your goal is just to be faithful to church, then you have religion. You don't have relationship, right? If your goal is to be faithful to Christ and say, I, I want to be faithful, I want to be obedient, I want to be a, a, a growing member of the body of Christ, and because of that, I'm faithful to church so that I can learn and grow and be accountable, is a whole different story. I am not a religious person. I, when I was 11, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and that changed the relationship. And because of that, that relationship with Christ has factored now into all big decisions that I've made and even small decisions. I want to be faithful. And because of that, when I moved to, to St. Thomas 28 years ago, I joined myself to a local church. 
And I've been faithfully attending Bible Baptist Church, number one, because I get paid to come here because I'm a, I'm a staff, but number two, mostly because I, am, I want to be faithful to Jesus Christ. It's not about checking a box. We, we checked your name off a list today because we need to keep track of who's here for, the, for insurance purposes and that because of the virus. We do that for that reason. But other than that, checking your name off a list because you came to church doesn't matter. It's about you being accountable to each other. I like seeing your face and, and knowing and, and, and talking to you. Have you. Has anybody ever said this to you? And this has happened to me many times. You don't look too good. Are, are you feeling sick? The worst thing is when I feel great and they say that to me. Has that ever happened? happens to me? I don't know. Like, no, I really feel great. Or on the phone. You sound awful. Well, this is me. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm not changing my voice. But, you know, when you get to come to church and see people and talk to people and fellowship with people, when you're down, somebody else can sense that. When you're discouraged, someone else can help you. See, we're accountable to each other. And that's why Jesus Christ designed the local church, one reason. So we're going to look here in Ephesians chapter 4. A core theme of the book of Ephesians is the church. And we see that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, says this, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where you are called. And if you study that out, I believe that vocation, that job, that task that you're called to is that you're part of the body of Christ. And so this is a, this is a task for you to walk worthy of, walk worthy of being a member of the body of Christ. And then in chapter 4, it talks about all these things we have in common, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And, and Pastor Yeoman has preached about the unity of the church a couple weeks ago. We hear, see in this passage uh, the community of the church that Pastor Yeoman was talking about a few weeks ago. We're going to focus in on verse number 11 through 16. So verses 11 through 16 is one long sentence in your Bible. We're going to read through that and make some comments as we go. We won't be long this morning, but I hope it'll be a challenge and encouragement to you. Verse 11 says this, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. All right, so here's some gifts that God gave to the church, some uh, offices and some gifts. So I can say this to you, only because he's not here. Pastor Yeomans is God's gift to Bible Baptist Church. I wouldn't say that to him. I don't want him to get a big head on it. But uh, Pastor Yeomans is God's gift to the church. Pastor Levi is God's gift to our youth department and to our church. And even uh, because God gives people with giftings and teachers, and our Sunday school teachers have gifts, and those are God's gifts to the church, right? So he gave these gifts to the church, verse 11. Look at verse number 12 now. Why do he give these gifts to us? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So these are the reasons God gave us these gifts uh, to, to build the church. All right, verse number 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So these gifts and this church are going to keep on going until Jesus Christ comes and all Christians are perfect. Any perfect Christians here? Don't, don't raise your hand. It's a, it's a bad spot to raise your hand. None of us are perfect, all right? So the, the, the church is still going. There's still accountability here. I'll look at the next verse. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into, the, into all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by the which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working of the measure in every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. That's a lot of words. We don't cover all that today. But it does say in the, in the last verse there, 
Every person, every part is important. So here's what I want you to understand. Yes, God gave you pastors to be accountable. If, uh, the Bible says in Hebrews that your pastor watches for your soul. Just like maybe you have an accountant or an investment advisor who are watching after your finances, you have a pastor who watches for your soul. And so Pastor Jones is very concerned if he sees you uh, missing church. We're concerned if we see you uh, making decisions that are drawing you away from the Lord. Not because, uh, you know, accountability is not a bad thing, it's a good thing trying to help you and, and keep you on track, and me too. And so I'm accountable to you, but all of us are accountable to each other. That's what I want you to see today. There's an accountability factor. So there's so much in these verses to cover, but I just want to focus on two quick things about the accountability issue here in these verses. Number one, accountability provides stability. Accountability will, if you want to be stable in your Christian walk, being accountable to somebody will help you. I go back to my friend that I call every Thursday. He's asked me to speak into his life every Thursday because he does not want to go back to where he was. He's enjoying his wife. He's enjoying his kids. He's enjoying the freedom from addiction. And he doesn't want to go back. And so he asked me to call him and ask him questions to make sure he stays on track. It brings stability into his life. And when he, when he starts to wander, there's been a couple weeks that I've called and said, hey, how's your week been? Not so good. This happened and this happened. I didn't give in to temptation, but I, boy, I mean, the temptation was hard. It was difficult. And I, said, and I tried to cheer him up and I tried to encourage him. I said, hey, you can do it. I'm, but you had victory. Think about the victory you had in Jesus Christ this week. And, and so there's stability there. So if you desire to be faithful and strong, that's great. But there's many things against us. The Bible here talks about uh, in uh, verse number 14 that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Like it's easy to get tossed to and fro, not be stable. Why are we tossed to and fro? Every wind of doctrine. There's winds of false teaching out there. There's all kinds of, uh, of things that are being taught on the internet, uh, in churches that are not sound doctrine. And we challenge you, we encourage you, everything you hear from this pulpit, go home and study it yourself. All right, we, we do not have a corner on the market on the Word of God. The Word of God was made for you to read and understand. And, and the, the Christians in Berea in the Bible, they went and searched the Scriptures daily to see if those things were so. Study the Word of God. Be stable. And so we come together because there's winds of doctrine. There's also waves of worldliness crashing. There's all kinds of wickedness in this world that we could get caught up in. And you may sit there and think, you know what? I'm Okay. I don't really need accountability. I'm doing just fine on my own. You know, the Bible talks about that in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, the whole book is talking about the, the idea that we have a tendency to slip away. And in those verses, God says this, take heed lest ye fall. If you think you stand, you think you got under control, take heed lest ye fall. The person that thinks I don't need accountability, guess who needs accountability more than anybody else? That's the person. And so you should willingly and purposely make yourself accountable to people. There are our staff, for sure. I'm accountable to the staff in our church. I'm accountable to my wife. I have no, there's no access code on my phone. My, my, my wife's face print is on my phone just like mine. There's nothing on my phone my wife can't get to. I'm accountable to her. I'm accountable to our staff. I've, I've talked to several men, a, a man who's younger than me and a man who's older than me. I said, if you ever see anything in my life that is not what you think it should be, let me know. I'm accountable to you. Willingly, purposefully, walkingly into my life, 
you, can, you have, have a right in my life. Because I want to stay on track. I don't want to mess up. Be accountable because there's worldliness around. The weakness of your own flesh. It's true. It's real. You're weak in, in, in the flesh. You're strong in the spirit and weak in the flesh, the Bible says. And so stay strong and stay accountable. But through it all, we have the church to help us be accountable. You know what Timothy calls the church? The pillar and ground of truth. That's a place where you can, you can bank on it. You can, it can establish you. This ought to be a place where you can come or tune in on the internet and get truth delivered to you in a way you can understand and appreciate and use week after week after week to help you stay on track. Remember, the goal is not to be faithful to church. The goal is not to be faithful just to make sure you watch the live stream every week. The goal is to be faithful to Christ. The church is a resource that we use to help us be faithful to Jesus Christ. So accountability will provide us stability. So when you willingly become accountable to the leadership and membership of a church, it helps you stay stable. I'm so glad, we sang this in the first service, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And I'm so glad that I have you as a, as a help to me, and I want to be a help to you to help you stay on track for Jesus Christ. The accountability provides stability. But one more thing I want to show you in this passage, and we'll be done. Accountability not only provides stability, but provides maturity. <laughs> it provides maturity. We see this throughout the passage here that there's growth. So I talk, go back to my, my friend that I call every Thursday. I call him because I want to see him stay stable. But I also call him because I want to see him progressing. I tell you, he's so excited when he looks back a year ago and says, I see where I was a year ago, and I see where I am in now. I can't wait to see where I'm going to be a year from now. Growth. That's the way it should be. And, and accountability helps with growth. If you're going to the gym, you want to see results. If you're going to Weight Watchers, you want to see results. If you're going to church, you ought to want to see results. Are you becoming more and more like Jesus Christ? Not are you becoming more and more religious? Are you becoming more and more like Jesus Christ? It's the church that helps us do that. It's an it's a accountability. And we find this truth throughout these verses about maturity. It says uh, in verse number 12, the perfecting of the saints. Reason the church is given, the perfecting. I love this word. Now listen, I love this word. That word perfecting in the Greek has the idea of to complete or repair. It's the same word used in the New Testament when uh, Peter and James, the fishermen, were mending their nets. There were holes in their net, and he took the time to fix the holes so they could catch more fish. And the Bible says that the church, pastors, teachers, the church as a whole, membership was given to you to help mend your life. You know what this is? This is a repair shop. The Bible Baptist Church always has been and always should be a repair shop. I see Mr. Shosma back there. Mr. Shosma ran an uh, A&E uh, radiator here in town, a repair shop for many, many years as a mechanic, all right? And Scott's a mechanic. And, and so they understand you bring in something broken, you do the best you can to fix it and send it on its way, right? And, and these guys will tell you all about regular maintenance on your car, right? It's important to maintain that on your car, the oil changes and all that regular maintenance on your car. So we come to church because all of us are broken. In this room today, we have a number of people 
different backgrounds, but I can tell you one thing about you. You're broken. Sin has broken you. I, I talked to those who are on the internet today. You're broken. I know some of our uh, watchers are former youth group members that watch. And you maybe gotten away from the Lord and you've broken things in your life and you maybe feel like you've even broken your relationship with Christ a little bit. Guess what? There's repair. <laughs> the, the church and the Bible and, and Christ said, I can fix that. I can mend your nets. I can fix the holes in your life. And maybe today uh, through this whole COVID thing, you, felt, you found some more holes in your life, some loneliness and some discouragement that you didn't know was there and now has really become an issue in your life. And, and Christ says, the church was given to help you mend your net, perfecting, mending the saints. And so we're, we're here to help you. And you are here to help each other. You don't need to come maybe to me, but maybe somebody else in the church is your accountability partner. And you can get together with them and say, hey, I want you to pray for me on this. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm struggling. And we want our church to be a place where broken people come to find the solution. I'm not the solution. There's only one solution. It's found in the Word of God, and it's Jesus Christ in your life. That's all we have to offer. If you think about all that we do as a church and all the programs that we have, it all boils down to this. Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, the only life. That's it. That's all we got. That's all you need. And so we talk about here mending the nets, perfecting the saints. It says this uh, in verse 14, that we be no more children, don't, don't be a child anymore, tossed to and fro. Don't be unstable like a child. There's a maturing process. It says in verse 15, it talks about growing up, that we'd all grow up in the process of growing, always increasing, always gaining, always moving forward. The church should be helping you get from where you are to where you want, should be. It's a process. That's why Christ gave us the church. The Christ gave us the church. There's so many reasons. Uh, it's, it's a vehicle uh, for ministry, yes, but it's also the vehicle for accountability and maturing. This is how you grow as a Christian. You grow as a Christian by making yourself accountable and joining yourself to a body of believers. And I'm not talking about church membership. I'm not talking about if you don't feel safe right now to attend. I'm, I'm saying that you're purposely, willingly making yourself accountable to people that, that love you and want to help you be like Jesus Christ. That's the accountability of the local church. See, the, listen to this. The church is more than a place to attend. It's a place to belong. We think of church, I went to church on Sunday, I went to church on Sunday, I went to church on Sunday. Good for you. But it's more than a place to attend, it's a place to belong. This is your place. We're in this together, we're working together, we have a common purpose to see others saved. Talks about that in this passage even. And to see us grow and be more and more like Jesus Christ. And so Bible Baptist Church is a place to belong. The Christian life is a consistent climb. We get saved and we consistently climb in our life to be more and more like Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible talks about. That's perfecting. That's completing. That we may be perfect or complete. We'll never be perfect as in sinless, but complete as in mature and growing the process. Paul says this at the end of his life, I have completed my course. I have finished my course. So the Christian life is a, is a consistent climb to a completed course. See, as long as you stay faithful and you stay faithful to the Lord, 
And, and even if you don't stay faithful, salvation is salvation. Once you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to have times of unfaithfulness and in and out, maybe a little bit of instability in our life. But the process that God wants to see in our life and that we want to have is a consistent growth to a completed course. That we can say one day, I have completed my course. I've kept the faith. There's an old song, an old hymn that most of you would know. It says this, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on solid ground. Pressing on the upward way. I want to grow. Is that your heart's desire today? I hope that as you came in today and you leave today, you'll say, that's my desire. I want to be faithful to Jesus Christ. I want to be a witness for Jesus Christ. I want to make a difference in this world. I, I want to be, be all that God wants me to be. If that's your desire, then attending church, a church like this that preaches the Bible and loves people, is one way that will help you stay on track. It's an accountability factor. See, accountability should be valued, not avoided. So often in our life, we avoid accountability. Oh, here comes the boss at work, so I'm going to try to go the other way. I don't want him to see what I'm doing. I don't want to be accountable to anybody else. And, and even, you know, even in our society now where you know, people are telling us, mandating, you can't go here. You've got to stay six feet apart. You know? And some of you, that, that goes against your grain. You know? I'm going to walk any way I want to in the Walmart. I don't care which way the arrows point. Right? That's how you are. You, those people are here. <laughs> right? and, you, and you say, they're not going to tell me what to do. But I'm telling you what. The right kind of accountability is something to be valued, not avoided. And Jesus Christ said, I'm going to go back to heaven, and I want you to take my gospel everywhere, and I'm going to organize you into a local church. And I'm thankful that we have this church and other churches in our city. We have, this is my church. I'm a little partial to it. We have this church of people who love God, love the word of God, who want to be faithful, who love each other, and we're going to help each other be accountable. So accountability is something to be valued, not avoided. There are winds of false doctrines. There's waves of worldliness. Inside each of us is a tendency to slip. So that's why Christ founded the church. So won't you willingly and purposely connect yourself to the church to help you stay consistent in your walk? You're not checking a box by coming here. You know, God, did, God, didn't, God doesn't have a, a chart up there and say, oh, yeah, so-and-so was in church or so-and-so watched online. That's good for them. He's concerned about your walk. And he gave you the church and the preachers and the teachers and anybody else in the church and the other members to bring together because in these verses it says that God takes those members and he packs them together and every joint brings, every person brings something to the table. And oh, and every piece, anybody, I saw this during the COVID, people were doing puzzles. Anybody do a puzzle during COVID? Anybody do some puzzles? We did puzzles, all right? All right, so you look at those pieces, they look like nothing. You put all those pieces together, they look like something. And you know what? If you take all of you individually, maybe we don't measure up to much. You put all of us together, you know what we should look like? Jesus Christ. That's what we should look like. And some of you are way more merciful than I am. And you have the mercy of God in your life. And when we come together... I may have like organization and the Bible says do things decently in order, so I kind of bring that to the table. But if I didn't have someone who had mercy, <laughs> it wouldn't look much like Jesus Christ. When we come together and a guy who's organized and someone who has mercy get together, it looks like Jesus Christ. That's the body of Christ. And that's the, that's the organization uh, and the organism that you get to be a part of. 
And I know that some can attend and some can't right now. I understand that. And whether you can watching online or whether you're here, we want you to know that you ought to be accountable to each other. And if you're watching from home, you're part of our church on a regular basis, you need to be especially careful and reach out to other people and make yourself accountable to somebody until it's safe for you to come back to church. You understand what I'm saying? It's like the accountability factor. Never underestimate the accountability factor. If you want to stay faithful, stay accountable. Would you bow your head and close your eyes just for a minute? I just have a few questions to ask you. As you think about this message and this passage, I want you to consider a few things. We have visitors here today with us. We have visitors online with us. And whether they're watching online I want you, or here in the auditorium, I want you to think about this. Question number one, are you a child of God? Have you ever asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior? That doesn't make you anything special. It just means that you are special to God like all of us are. You were broken, and at one point in your life, you realized how broken you were, and you asked Jesus Christ to save you. That's the difference. And maybe today you haven't yet done that. You're watching online, and you haven't yet asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior. So question number one to ask yourself, are you a child of God? If you're not, we'd like to talk to you about that. We'd like to help you with that. So you can know Christ is your Savior. And that goes for you online. Please reach out to us. We'd love to answer any questions. There is no, this is not a high-pressure church. We are just telling you what the Bible says, and you can believe it and receive it or reject it. That's your choice. But let's have that conversation. If you are a child of God, is it your desire to be faithful and obedient to Christ? I hope you say a wholehearted Yes, that's what I want. I do want. I'm not always faithful. I'm not always obedient to Christ, but that's my desire. Well, here's the question then. Will you willingly and purposely be accountable to someone to help you grow? Maybe that's just every week at church, you're talking to people, you're having people over for fellowship, you're talking about the things of the Lord. Maybe that's a, a person that you talk to, a mentor that you go to. But you say, I am so desirous to be faithful to Christ, I want to be accountable to my church, to other members of my church. This week on Thursday, at 10 o'clock, I'll get a reminder, and I'll call my friend, and I'll check on him. I have nothing to gain or lose by calling on him. I just want him to succeed. Who's checking on you? Who are you checking on? Is there somebody that God has laid upon your heart that used to be a part of our church that maybe has slipped away and you could be a help to them? Maybe that's you today. You, you were part of our church and you slipped away. Would you be accountable and come back and be faithful to Christ? At this time, we're going to have a video play. As you think about these things, think about what God wants you to do in your life, whether it be at home or in the auditorium. As the music plays, think about what God wants you to do.